Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. My name is Nikki Young, and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. So first of all, you may have noticed I didn't release an episode last week, and that's just because I was away on vacation. Things are kind of crazy all around the world. I'm sure you know exactly what I mean. So yeah, I just needed to get away for a couple of days and kind of put my podcast on a little break just for last week, but... I'm back, feeling relaxed, and ready to dive into more true crime. I'll have this episode out, and I'll also have an ad-free Patreon episode out this weekend. If you love the show and want to support me, make sure you check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash serialnapper. I offer lots of different rewards, like there's a bonus ad-free episode every month, there's merch discounts, Zoom chats with me, and lots of other stuff. So, tonight I'm actually covering a case that was recommended to me by a listener. You guys know the last story I covered was about Ivan Malat, the backpack murderer from Australia. We kind of talked a bit about the inner workings of the Malat family, but apparently it goes even deeper. So tonight we're talking about Matthew Malat, who is Ivan's great nephew. Matthew idolized his killer uncle and went on to commit murder in the very same Belangelo State Forest that Ivan prowled. It's so scary and it sounds like it could be a movie, but this all really happened. 
Before we jump in, tonight's episode is sponsored by The Pursuit of Justice, which might just be the coolest idea in the true crime community that I've ever heard of. Listen up, guys. The Pursuit of Justice, POJ, is committed to assisting families of those most in need of justice, whether it be a cold case murder victim, a missing person, a victim of sexual, physical, mental, or domestic assault. Their mission is to raise funds and provide justice for the victims of crime, as well as to bring the guilty to justice. They do this by featuring a different case each month with a monetary reward, i.e. crypto, being offered for information that leads to an arrest and conviction of the perpetrator responsible for the featured case. Make sure you visit thepursuitofjustice.org for more information. Now let's jump in. If you haven't listened to my two-part series on Ivan Milat yet, I highly recommend listening to those first. They'll really set you up for the story here. But in case you forget or you just want to start here, I'll give you a brief overview of the Milat family and Ivan, one of the most notorious serial killers ever from Australia. This story begins when the Malat family consists of Croatian father Steve and Australian mother Margaret, who have 14 children. There's 10 brothers and 4 sisters. The father, Stephen, is a hard worker and definitely the disciplinarian of the family. And the Malat kids would later go on to talk about pretty severe abuse that they would suffer at the hands of their father. Now, their mother, Margaret, she was more of the protector. She defended her sons and daughters fiercely when the police came knocking, which they did often. The children got into trouble quite a bit, although mostly for petty crimes like theft and mischief. They were definitely a gun-toting family. The children played with guns at a very early age, and they would often set up their own target practices to use for fun. Unfortunately, there was also said to be some incest happening within the family. It would later come out that Ivan had been having a sexual relationship with his sister Shirley and that she had likely even helped him commit the murders. Ivan was also known to have multiple affairs with a few of his brother's wives and he even impregnated one of them. It was a very complicated family dynamic, to say the least, very toxic and unhealthy. And when Ivan was convicted of murdering seven backpackers in the Belangelo State Forest, all but one of the siblings stood behind him. This could be because they truly didn't believe that Ivan could do such a thing, or they may have been more involved in the murders than they would ever admit. It's always been rumored that there was more than one killer, that Ivan had help. The seven victims were absolutely brutalized. They were stabbed in the back so that they couldn't run away, having their spinal cords severed. They were also used as target practice to be shot at with guns. Several of them, including the men, were sexually assaulted, and one of them had been decapitated with a sword. Then, their bodies were left to rot in the forest. Although seven bodies were found, it's believed that there were many more victims that were never discovered, including a 20-year-old pregnant woman. When all of this unfolded, Ivan went to prison where he died of cancer, and life carried on for the other Malats. Some of them changed their last names, trying to get away from the dark family history, Others simply moved forward, quietly supporting Ivan. 
but mostly people just kept quiet about it. It wasn't something that the family really wanted to keep bringing up. In a nutshell, that's the story of Ivan and the Malats. But of course, for more details, you're going to want to go back a couple of episodes. Tonight, we're talking about Matthew Malat, whose mother was Deb Malat, the daughter of Ivan Malat's brother, Bill Malat. So Ivan Malat would have been Matthew's great uncle. His mother, Deb, married a man named Scott Muleman. And while he wasn't Matthew's biological father, Scott Muleman raised him, and Matthew even took his last name. Matthew didn't change his last name to Malat until he was older. Everyone who grew up with him as a kid knew him as Matthew Muleman. Growing up, Matthew didn't have a particularly difficult childhood, although it was said he didn't get along great with his stepfather, and he had no relationship with his biological father. In school, he had a small group of friends, and he was just one of those kids that were kind of in the background. He wasn't popular, he wasn't particularly athletic, he wasn't constantly getting into trouble, he was just kind of there. But kids that grew up with Matthew and used to hang around with him said that he started to change as a young teenager. While the old Matthew that they used to know was funny, friendly, and outgoing, this new version of Matthew seemed to be more withdrawn, dark, angry, with an interest in violence. He carried a knife with him wherever he went, and he would sit there and play with it. He had also used the knife to threaten a few of his friends if he became angry with them. He just wasn't the same person that he used to be. Now, when Matthew was 14 years old, he decided to change his last name to Malat. I'm unsure if this was done legally or if he just started going by his new last name. Some say it was because he wasn't getting along with his stepfather and he wanted to try to distance himself from him. Others say it's because he started to take a really big interest in his uncle Ivan Malat, the murderer. It almost became an obsession. When he was hanging out with friends, he would constantly bring up stories about Ivan and the things that he had done. He also insisted on spending a lot of time in the Belangelo forest just hanging out. He seemed to be really proud of being a Malat, specifically because of his uncle's notoriety. And it's really not all that difficult to see how this could have happened. You have a teenager who isn't doing well. He's not getting along with his parents. He's starting to get into a bit of trouble and he's impressionable as hell. So he begins to idolize his uncle. He's probably been told so many stories about him and knowing the Malat family, I'm sure they weren't all bad stories. So instead of being ashamed of his uncle, he embraces all that he was and what he did, and he begins to use it as part of his own identity. I mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, but Matthew's connection to Ivan Malat was through his grandfather, Bill, who was Ivan's brother. When Ivan was arrested and charged for the seven murders, Bill was one of those family members who stood behind him, and he even mortgaged his own home to pay for Ivan's legal fees. And get this. Apparently, Ivan was ordered to pay for the seven backpackers' funerals by the prison minister, Anthony Roberts. However, Ivan's dying wish was that the family wouldn't pay a cent towards any of the funerals. And Bill, he honored that wish. He backed Ivan all the way, which is completely mind-blowing to me. So it's not too difficult to see how Matthew might grow up idolizing his uncle. 
One of Matthew's closest friends growing up was David Octorloni. Maybe not one of the closest because of what was going to happen, but definitely one of those friends that he spent a lot of time with. David was born on November 20th, 1993. He lived in Bargo with his paternal grandparents, but was still very close to both his mom and his dad. He was described by his friends and family as a very happy and outgoing young man who was very popular, very sweet to his five brothers. And he really saw the best in others, including Matthew. His grandmother didn't really like David spending so much time with Matthew. She sensed that there was just something dark about him, and she knew the history of his family. But David really liked Matthew, and he got along well with him for the most part. However, in the months leading up to the big event, Matthew had become more aggressive, even to his friend David. He was spotted shoving David around by David's grandmother, who had to tell Matthew to back off and go home. In another incident, Matthew had even put his knife up to David's neck and threatened to cut him. But David was able to de-escalate the situation, and it didn't stop him from hanging out with Matthew again. On November 20th, 2010, David was celebrating his 17th birthday. He spent the earlier part of the day with his mother and then spent the afternoon having birthday cake with his dad and his grandparents. He then told them that he was headed out for the evening to spend some time with his friends and his dad's last words with him as he walked out the door were, have a good night, be good, and be safe. The group was headed to the town of Bargo with Matthew Millette, Cohen Klein, and Chase Day. They were all going to have some drinks, smoke some cannabis, and have a bit of fun as boys do. Before they arrived at their destination, it's said that Matthew boasted, we're going out to the Blanglo and someone's going to die. Even though David thought that he was in good company with a bunch of his friends, he did have a feeling that something was off. Something just felt weird about the trip. And he even told his friend Chase, who was also on the trip, that he thought that they might try to do something to him. Still, he shrugged it off and went anyway, which would prove to be a fatal decision. I love to travel. From the bustling city of Tokyo to the beaches of Thailand, there's nothing I enjoy more than getting the chance to see the world and experience different cultures firsthand. But the language barrier, it can be an issue. Sure, you can use an app on your phone, but things often get lost in translation. I truly believe that learning at least some of the language of the land that you're visiting is the first step to ensuring a smooth and meaningful experience. That's why I'm excited about Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Japanese, Spanish, German, Korean, Italian, and more. Learning a new language can be tough especially with all of the different nuances. But Rosetta Stone is designed to help you speak like a local, so you'll feel confident in what you're saying. 
I don't know how many times I've been traveling to a new country and struggled to get my point across just because I wasn't properly pronouncing something that I thought I knew, which is why I love Rosetta Stone's built-in true accent feature, which helps you master your accent. They also have convenient desktop and app options so you can learn on the go. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership includes all 25 languages, so once you're finished learning one language, you can start on another. Whether you're an avid traveler like me or just want to impress your friends with a new skill, it's a steal of a deal at 50% off. That's right, 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. By the time the four boys arrived at the Belangelo Forest, it was dark. They parked the car along the tree line, with David sitting in the front seat, rolling their joints. Matthew got out of the car and walked to the back near the trunk with Cohen. Chase and David remained sitting in the car until Matthew called for David to come to the back of the car. When David got up and went to meet Matthew, he was immediately struck in the stomach with an axe that Matthew had stashed away in the trunk. While this was happening, Cohen had pulled out a mobile phone and he began to record everything. Yep, instead of helping David or telling Matthew to stop, he pulled out a phone and recorded the whole thing. What was captured was so graphic and horrific, it's never been released to the public. I do, however, have some of the transcript. David tried to run, but Matthew chased him, caught him, and told him to get on the ground. For the next 10 minutes, Matthew stood over David, holding his axe as he begged for his life. Matthew said, You fucking move and I'm going to kill you. From what I've heard, you're the one going around telling people about the money that I stole from my mom's house. David says, I swear to God, I haven't. Matthew says, Look at the dirt, don't look at me. Look at the dirt, don't look at me. And then in the audio, you can apparently hear David crying for his life. Matthew says, Look at the fucking dirt. I'm going to kill you if you keep fucking moving. Look at the ground and answer my questions. You keep looking at me, I'll cut your head off. Look at the ground. See you next Tuesday. 
He says the actual word, though. Tell me, is it true you've been going around telling people my affairs? David says, no, it's not true, Matt. Matt says, don't look at me, all right? David says, I'm not, man. Matt says, look at the dirt. David says, I am, and it's not true. Matthew says, put your arms up around your head. David says, it's not true, Matt. And Matthew responds, shut up. See you next Tuesday. Put your hands down next to your face. Pull them up to your face. You going to keep meddling with me? David says, no, I won't. I swear to God, man. Matthew says, how am I going to know that? And David says, you have my word. Matt responds with, how good is your word to me? David says, mate, we've been mates for ages. My word is good. Matthew says, yeah, we have been mates for ages. And how many times have I been told you were dogging me behind my fucking back? See you next Tuesday. Right? You got me? David says, yes. Matthew says, look at the ground. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? David says, yes, man, I understand, dude. Matthew says, do you really? David says, yes, man. And Matthew says, do you really? And he says, yes, dude. Matthew says, seriously. David says, yes. And they go back and forth a little bit. And David says, I'm serious, man. I swear to God to you, dude. I never said nothing about you. And Matthew says, I really do not fucking believe you right now, all right? David says, man, I give you my word. I would not. And Matthew says, yeah, you give me your word and your word isn't fucking good enough. I've had your word before and it ain't worth a pinch of cold fucking shit. And then you hear the sound of Matthew Malat using the axe to hit David repeatedly until he dies. During the recording, Cohen Klein is heard telling Chase Day to get back in the car as Chase pleads with him to intervene. So while Matthew is the one that is actually committing the murder, hitting David with the axe, it's pretty apparent that Cohen Klein is in on the plan as he just stands there recording the whole thing. Then Matthew buries David's body in a shallow grave in the Belanglo Forest, just as his great uncle had done many years before. They all got back into the car and drove away. Matthew told the other boys that he was getting rid of all of their clothing, after he dropped them off at their homes, he drove to Mermaid Pools, which is a lake just outside of Bargo, and he threw the clothes into the water, along with David's mobile phone, iPod, and the axe. The next day, Matthew bragged to people about the murder, telling his friends that he was doing what his family does. Reportedly, he said, Do you know what my family is known for? I killed somebody last night. Meanwhile, David's parents and his grandparents were getting worried. He hadn't returned home, and they couldn't reach him on his mobile phone. Of course, he was a typical teenage boy, and he did spend lots of time outside of the home with his friends, but he always checked in with his family, at least by phone. And while David's family worried, one of the boys who had been there, Chase Day, was cracking under the pressure. He had been the one sitting in the car beside David before he was brutally murdered, and unlike the other two boys, the guilt and the flashbacks were making him absolutely sick to his stomach. And so the day after the murder, he told his father what had happened, and the two went to the police. I have a few audio clips from that police interview that I'll play for you here now. Tell me what happened uh, starting on the 20th. Uh, I remember. He said, just get in the car. And I heard a guy start screaming because Matt hit him in the ribs with an axe. And he said, lay down. And Matt got come up. I, I was like, don't do this, man. I'm crying, saying he was sorry. 
So he was just asking him the same question over and over again. Yeah, 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 can I trust your word? And all that. And Dad, or Dad was like, you can, you can. And he's like, well, from all this other shit, how can I trust it? And that was it. That's all I heard. And I said, After police heard the confession, they went to the location that was given to them to retrieve David's body. The scene that they encountered was absolutely brutal. David had suffered horrifically. The following day, November 22nd, two days since David was murdered, they knocked on the door of his family to tell them the bad news. They had found David's body and he had been murdered. At the same time, they arrested both Matthew Millett and his accomplice, Cohen Klein, for the murder. At their homes, police took anything that might be evidence, including their cell phones, and that's when they discovered the 15-minute-long video and audio that Cohen had on his phone, which showed the murder of David. It was clear that there was no way they were possibly going to be able to talk their way out of this one, and both of them pled guilty. It also became clear that the boy who had come forward Chase Day didn't know that this was going to happen, and he actually tried to stop it. For coming forward, all charges against him were dropped. Even though two of the boys pled guilty, there still had to be a sentencing hearing where this audio was played before the court and for David's family. I can't imagine hearing my baby cry for his life as his friends brutally murdered him with an axe. The court heard about how Matthew Malat bragged about the killing the next day and said, you know me, you know my family, you know the last name Malat. I did what they do. He didn't appear to have any remorse for his crime, even though his victim was a longtime friend. The court heard the location of the murder was significant as it was where his great uncle had lured a number of people and murdered them. However, other Malat family members were actually surprised to hear that Matthew had done this because he had no direct contact with Ivan and he'd never even met his uncle. The motive for this senseless murder? Matthew believed that David was going around spreading rumors about him stealing money from his mother's house. Something so stupid and trivial. What is more likely is that Matthew had attempted to embody what his uncle stood for, and took this opportunity to kill someone in the Belanglo forest, just as he had done. In the end, Matthew Malat was sentenced to 43 years, and his accomplice, Cohen Klein, received a maximum of 32 years. Taking into account time spent in custody, the pair will be eligible for parole in 2040 and 2032. Although, really, I don't think Matthew should ever be let out. Sure, he was young, maybe a bit naive, and obviously very easy to manipulate, but some creepy poems came to light that he had written while he was in prison, awaiting his sentencing. And I'll end tonight's episode with one of them here. Here it goes. Killer looks, and on evil side, clouds roll in over light blue skies. Like darkness in a killer's eyes, a second is all it takes. Eyes think like a poisonous snake. From gray to black, the shades change, with rays of light flowing through so strange. Then grumble, almost as if to warm, he perils of the approaching storm. Shelter you will need to seek, so terrified you can hardly speak. Footsteps and puddles seem to near, then you start to give in to fear. Then a flash, what do you do? Take a dash, safeties in twos. Look for a friend so you feel safe. Trust them or your life they might take. 
Are you safe? You'll never know. But one day you might come to blows. An evil side you will see. Uh, lovely. So clearly he's a little bit messed up. And I doubt Jail is going to reform him. If anything, it's going to make him worse. Apparently, he's somewhat of a hero or a celebrity in prison. People associate him with his uncle, Ivan, and so he's grown quite a following, unfortunately. So we'll see how long he stays there before he becomes another problem for society. That's it for me tonight. I want to once again thank our sponsor, The Pursuit of Justice will officially launch on July 17th, and you can purchase on PancakeSwap version 2. Head to thepursuitofjustice.org for more information, or find them on Twitter at POJSquad. This is an organization that you're going to want to follow. As for me, if you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at SerialMapper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper or I'm on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, all one word. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'd love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. If you'd like to become a Patreon and unlock some badass bonuses, visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper. I'm hoping to be able to hire an editor soon so that I can focus on creating more content, but I appreciate all of your support. Until next time. Don't be a Dahmer. Bye. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.